You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big money on your outdoor project now at Menards. We have everything you need to keep your outdoor power equipment running smooth so you can keep that lawn in tip-top shape or enjoy some time on your boat. Right now, all FVP, lawn and garden, and marine batteries are on sale through May 5th. Check out our entire selection of FVP batteries today and view our weekly flyer on Menards.com for more great deals. Save big money at Menards. This episode of Heroes of the Horn is brought to you by Inktar of House Shinoa. It is every man's right, Rand, to choose when to sheathe the sword, even one like me. Welcome to Heroes of the Horn, a Wheel of Time podcast. I am Sir Matt. And I am Sir Ezra. Welcome to our Wheel of Time book club. The horn has sounded, and we have answered the call. Today we are covering The Great Hunt, chapters uh, 44 through 50, the end of the book. Yeah, man. The horn has literally sounded, okay? <laughs> As Wow. Let me tell you, this was by far... I think my favorite segment so far, okay, mm. of of chapters. I mean, this is, and you know, hey, if this is where they end season one, right? You know, we talked about they may do uh, both both the first yeah. two books and season one. I think it'd be an epic place to end it. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I was going to ask you that. Like, like, uh, let's just. I mean, before we get into heroes, welcome and everything else. Let me just ask you out the gate. So here we go, people. If you haven't read to the end of this book, then I don't know what you're doing listening here. We're talking the end of the Great Hunt. What did you think about when you compare the ending of the Great Hunt to the Eye of the World? Like, are they? They're, they're both epic. They're but both, I mean, I'm almost they, they are epic, satisfied. But I, I think this is more epic. Yeah, it's it's like. It's I don't I I didn't think you could get better I I don't know like I, like the when the follow up is better than than you know that that first book again people love the ending of the eye of the world don't get me wrong but this just it takes it up a notch and you're just like oh I'm I mean you're locked in at this point I mean this is one of those endings where I think you said this like once you stop reading uh, or once you finish the great hunt you're you're immediately like what's next you don't even stop you pick up the next book and you just keep going that's how satisfying this ending to the great hunt is you know so yeah. man 
Yeah, man. Uh, let me just say the so you know the I mean the ending of Eye of the World is cool because Randy's is the power, but it's like it's kind of like what's happening, right? Like you can you kind of know well he's he, maybe he's using the power, um, but it's but this is more like straightforward, just like an epic moment. And I yeah, I mean I literally blitzed through it. Um, there was a moment that I was laughing like so hard that I was like I was like texting everybody, <laughs> uh, you know, texting you, my brothers, obviously stuff like that. It's like oh my god, this moment is hilarious right where they're like sneaking yeah. in and matt's like being really loud because he sees some girl he can like see through her clothes or whatever <laughs> yeah it's like yeah. dude run it's, it's like a sneaking mission man what are you doing and what are you doing like, shut up like oh <laughs> uh, it's so good man and then you got like ah uh, the twist with ingtar and uh the horn it's uh it's great it's great so we'll we'll, we'll dive into that here in a second but as how are you doing man Hey, I'm doing great. I'm I'm so happy. I got such good energy because I, I've been wanting to talk about this portion of the series, really, for such a long time because Inktar is one of my favorite characters. I'm so glad that you're here at this point. Um, uh, yeah, gosh, so I'm excited. Other than that, like life is good. Um, we've got some interesting things happening here on the podcast with some collaborations coming up in July. Uh, exciting things there and uh, meeting other creators that's been kind of fun I, I reached out to a few people on twitter our twitter by the way is blowing up if you have a chance to go follow us on twitter even if you have to make an account just make you know a, a wheel of time fan account it doesn't have to be you know your name or whatever most of the people on you know twitter on time they've picked uh characters and you know you can talk to dane bornhold you can talk to uh rand you can talk to matt Perrin. they're all there it's kind of funny there's different you know variations in, in a you know play on uh name if you will but uh, yeah, meeting all those people, but the uh, at the Horn of Valir on Twitter, I'm having a lot of fun over there. I've kind of told Matt, you know, um, I let him know when there's something that he can go like and, you know, and, and to watch the memes and be careful about what you see. So we're still uh, doing that for sure. But it's been a blast, an absolute blast. Um, the the Wheel of Time, um, let's see, uh, Wad on Prime, their actual official account is running, was running a book club there for a while too. So that's something to check out. But it's just, uh, it's good. I have other friends too who have started to, to to read this. I've got students who are reading this. I've got my other my other buddies are reading this, and uh, it's great because everyone's like the hype is building. I think we're building towards possibly an epic trailer reveal uh, at the end of this summer or, or or in early fall. You know, so I am super stoked. So how are you doing, man? How's it going? Oh man, I am good, man. Again, just plowing through, uh, just plowing through the series. Uh, you know, we uh, this this episode we recorded. Uh, well, we're recording right now, but uh, but I finished I finished this segment of books. Like this segment of chapters, like immediately following the last episode we recorded. So I've been like yeah. waiting and waiting to talk about this. But yeah, this is good. Uh, I'm going on vacation um, just for a couple days. Uh, to Vegas, just have some. My uh, girlfriend has some family there. It's like actually not yep. really in Las Vegas; it's outside of it. But um, yeah, so uh, gonna be flying. I'm gonna see how that goes, right? With everything, yeah, that's uh, yeah, going on. <laughs> so fortunately, it's a pretty short flight uh, here from Portland to there. But just going out there for a couple of days, uh, and then coming back. So yeah, man, everything's nice. everything's pretty good. Good. That's awesome. Yeah, it's good. It's nice. I'm I'm hoping people are able to kind of get out and be safe and. And enjoy uh, the summer a little bit for sure. I think you know people need that, so that's good. That's good. I'm glad to hear that. 
Um, okay, so a couple quick updates here. I, I want to talk about just some show things. So I guess this is technically kind of our, our village council moving in uh, over here. But we, you just told me uh, before we started this that uh, Mandy Simmons is cast as Daisy Conger. And you were kind of asking me, you know, who, who is that? Um, Whit Conger is who we meet in the beginning of The Eye of the World and is somebody who's kind of, his, his wife is described as, you know, twice as wide as him and kind of overshadowing him. Uh, so and he's always kind of putting his nose into the women's circle and she's scolding him for, for doing so and get your nose out of here. This is women's business. You know, you don't need to be in on this. Uh, I think he's criticizing Nynaeve. Remember at the beginning, they're all kind of criticizing Nynaeve about she's this young wisdom. What is she doing about the weather, the crops, you know, like she can control all of that kind of stuff. But uh, yeah, so that's kind of neat. We're getting a few of these uh, casting. I don't know if they're really announcements or they're just leaks because people have kind of figured out like who's showing back up. Are they showing back? I, I, did you see somewhere where maybe they're showing back up to? So, right. So I, I, I saw I saw a couple things. So on um, there was an interview with um, Alvaro Morte, right, who is playing Logan. And we know that they filmed six episodes uh, and he says that he was he he was able to finish his his recording. Um, okay. So yeah. He says, he says I was lucky enough to finish a product uh, project uh, I was doing in Prague, the Wheel of Time, a production for Amazon Prime Video. Um, and then I and then he just goes on to they're just talking about COVID, right? And so like okay, yeah. Then I was able to go back and able to do some stuff. So we do have that. Um, but then there is another. Oh man, now let me see if I can find it here. Uh, there is another show. Something is also filming over there, and it has announced that it's returned to filming. And so, it would only make sense that also Wheel of Time would be returning. Would be would be returning. gotcha, gotcha. So they're they're kind of putting two and two together, saying yeah, this production's going on. So Got why it. would okay. why wouldn't why wouldn't this be able to as well? Yeah, gotcha. Okay. Well, wow, that's awesome. That's cool. Yeah, I, I'm I'm excited to because what they say they have like two episodes to finish up. That's sort of um, yeah, that'd be season right, they, one. They, that'd be eight episodes, right? So I think they got through the first six and they're just kind of finishing up these right these here last, uh, few. Yeah, pr- yeah, yeah. So let me see here. Okay, so the Czech Republic, right? Uh, which is where Prague is, um, is uh, production is gearing up to, to resume. This is from Screen Daily. Um, is gearing up right to resume with stuff, and they're like, giving guidelines so TV and shoots can can continue to film there. All this kind of stuff. This is, they're specifically talking about the Disney Plus show, uh, which is going to be the Falcon Winter Soldier, right? You know, like the Marvel uh, Cinematic Universe stuff. Um, it was suspended in March, so if this show is now able to go back on filming, um, then you know you would obviously have to imagine that Wheel of Time uh, would be as well. Gotcha. Okay. Cool. That's great. That is great. I think they were uh, Zoe Robbins, who was who plays Nynaeve, had said that she was waiting for the call basically to come back um, once everything kind of opened up. And I mean, that, that, that's a task. You know, get, and get I mean, back if the final two episodes are them wearing masks, you know, I mean, it might seem weird. But if that's what we got to have, that's what we got to have. OK, that's right. I mean, that's wouldn't right. That be, wouldn't that be weird? Like everyone's just wearing. Oh, that would be crazy. That'd be a little that'd be a little wild. Yeah. Um. So here's some other exciting news. Um, I think it's Barney Harris who's playing Matt. Uh, hopped on Instagram here recently and posted a few images, kind of of 
him and, and other cast members. He's got the main crew there and, and just some funny images of, of him horsing around a little bit with them, which is which is pretty neat. And then several uh, shout out to to this uh, creative uh, group here. This is um, I don't have their names exactly, but I know the name of their show. It's Weaves of the Wheel. They created a what are those called? It's like an Instagram story mm-hmm. filter or something. Yep. You know. Yeah, well, essentially where you're looking at the camera and then on your forehead will be this little thing and it's like, um, you know, it's, it's it's rolling through randomizing, looking at you and then it's going to uh, declare that you're either uh, brown Aja, blue Aja, green Aja, whatever it may be. So they kind of created that and a lot of the, several of the members of the cast have been going on their social media and using that. So I think that's like really cool. I was like, whoa, you know, um, so yeah, I don't know if you want to, if you want to try that. If any of our listeners, you know, want to try that, just tag them in it. Um, Weaves of the Wheel is their handle on Instagram. I think they have a Twitter as well. They they do YouTube content, but they created that man, and I think it's really really neat because what what it's causing the cast members to do is they see it. Oh, this is cool. I'll have fun. It's a way for me to interact with the fandom a little bit because I'm playing this character, you know. And so uh, let's see what people think about this. The the um yeah. They're all they're all blowing up. I mean, it's just it's huge. So I I think it's something worth people checking out. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. So that's that's cool. Just a few uh, updates there on on the show and and things like that. Um. I want to get a couple updates in here on our Patreon real quick. Uh, unless you have anything else on the show, any other nope. show news? No, that is it. No? Okay. All right, cool. Uh, when, when we're covering a lot of that show stuff over on our YouTube channel, I actually have a, a, a book review coming out for The Eye of the World, um, The Great Hunt, and even The Dragon Reborn. I'm gonna, Like I said, some of the stuff on YouTube is a little bit more spoilerish because I have other friends who we're going to be talking um, past where, where Matt and I currently are. Um, we want the, you know, the, the reading and the reactions to be authentic here on the podcast and but over there we're definitely covering like the show and show news and and how do you adapt it what do you cut what do you keep over there on youtube so that is uh heroes of the horn um you know over there so um other updates here though on patreon i thought this was funny uh stephanie lady stephanie said but we had that conversation last time about um ohio versus michigan (laughs) Mm -hmm. and so this is this is for for sir mad uh love the content as always as an sec fan uh, I got a good laugh out of that. It's always cute to watch the rest of the conferences squabble on who's second best. <laughs> so uh, that we definitely um, opened ourselves up for that. That's that's great. I love to love that kind of. You know, we're we're lacking in sports right now, so it's nice right. to kind of have a little little chat about that. Um, a couple more uh, discussions that happened over there. People were kind of talking about their favorite characters in the series. Uh, Sir James. Our good friend Sir James was talking about how, uh, you know, Tom is definitely his favorite character, followed by Perrin and then Loyal, and uh, says that Matt is kind of unbearable. Um, you know, I, I kind of I want people to maybe tag us in, in whether it's a tweet or something on Instagram or, or what have you, just send us a message. What's your favorite character so far? As you've gone through the eye of the world, we already have a, a fairly large, you know, cast of characters. So, and really some of these minor characters. So for me, I've said, like in the whole series... Inktar is like, I I would say he's in my top three. He wow. might be my number one, dude. I, I like I love Inktar so much, and I'm about to talk about that here in just a second, um, because I've been waiting to, and I, I want to get your reactions on some of this stuff. But 
So yeah, that that was pretty neat. Um, Lady Amanda has, and, and some of you, this is going to happen. You're going to read ahead. It's it's almost, uh, you know, Sir Matt has to kind of hold back. I guess all right, let's get that recording in first, and then you can move on to the Dragon Reborn. So we might actually start recording in the summertime, just a little bit ahead, uh, simply because there's that excitement. Um, these first, you know, four to five books, people will tell you once you once you really get into it, you just can't stop. You just start flying. And so we're going to record those and, and make sure um, we get those posted. But Lady Amanda is, is reading on ahead. She's currently in book four. And uh, she's, she's noticed that there are these slow parts, you know, in the books where you can get bogged down. Um, but, and it's typically near the beginning, some of this setup or whatever. But as soon as you get past that, the story starts to fly. And I'm, I'm going to do a, I've seen a few of these out there. If, if you're talking to your friends about and trying to get them to read this book series, which is really what we want. I mean, I want more kids to read this. I want this to be a gateway for people to get back into literature and fantasy. I'm hoping that, that the show does that, if you will. But uh, it's just explain to them that it is highly addictive. I mean, Sir Matt, am I wrong in that? Like, what you you're just now reading through it, so yeah, it is. It is definitely, it is definitely addictive because, uh, man, I mean, it just yeah, it was like the same thing happened to me at the end of the first book. Is man, you just uh, you like the author, you know, the first book. I was like, man, the opening's really good, and then it kind of slows down. But every book does that, I write Usually, the middle kind of slows down, takes a little more time, and then the ending's always like, wow. Okay, boom! Something big happens, and you're just ready to blitz into that next, into that next book. But I think the ending of this book, I just oh, it's like I, I'm already into the into the next book. Uh, yeah. Just a little, getting ready for our <laughs> next our next episode. So especially because this this segment of chapters was shorter, and the final chapter, and this is like really short. So it was really like four. Yeah. It was really like four chapters. Yeah, for sure, for sure. It's just such. It's just that you know the magnitude of it is just so great that I was like, man, we gotta really. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah. yeah, we got we got yeah, we gotta take our time, yeah. Yeah. But uh okay, cool. So with that, let's let's kind of jump in then. I um I'll have you uh just read through some of these quick summaries, these uh uh on the on the chapters, and then I want to go back to a discussion on Inktar just to just to get us going, okay? Okay. Chapter uh forty four. Uh Rand, Matt, Perrin, Inktar, and Huron leave uh the group to go into Falma. Uh, Bornhold tells Briar not to take part in the upcoming battle and to tell Dane what has happened. Uh, chapter 45, uh, Nynaeve frees Seta, uh, Seta's Damani and places the collar on Seta to use her as a fake Damani. Rand fights Turek, right? Mm -hmm. this, uh, the Blade Master chapter here. Yep. Uh, and yep. takes the horn but sees Egwene in the Damani kennels. Yep, yep. Uh, 46, Nynaeve frees Egwene, who collars Rena. Ingtar reveals he is a dark friend. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> who wants to come back to the light and holds off the Sanchan so Rand can get away. Chapter 47, Rand, Matt, Perrin, and Huron find themselves between the White Cloaks and the Sanchan. Matt blows the horn of the Valir to help the fight. When the battle goes on, Rand fights Balzamon. Mm. Yeah. 48 Min keeps Rand warm. Lanfear tells Rand that uh, her that Rand is hers. You know, like uh, as in Lanfear. 49 Rand is acknowledged as the dragon reborn. Moraine tells him another seal has broken. 
50, the news of the Dragon Reborn spreads. And so 50 is actually really short. Like, it's like just a couple paragraphs, really. So, um, okay, as, wow, dude. Like, again, yeah, so many things. You know, my too long didn't read. I mean, yeah. the horn yeah. sounded, I think is the easiest yes. way to say it. Say it. Okay. <laughs> the horn has sounded. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's it. You know, we had, we, we had to, to sound this horn and, and, um, yeah. Well, so yeah, Matt basically says that nothing says that it can't be sounded now. Yeah. Right? Yeah, absolutely. He, yeah. I mean, he's got the horn. He's like, so well, let's get into technicalities. It yeah. just says, it just says you have to blow in the last battle. This might be my last battle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, I yeah, mean, I, so now I just envision him using it every time there's any issue. Well, I mean, I guess like why not, man? Like, yeah, yeah. You you know, so uh, before we get into all that, I I wanted to ask you because we talked about this before the show. You said to me, um, when you finished this portion, you're like, "Es," you're like, "Heroes of the Horn." Yeah, and I'm like, yeah, man. <laughs> Book two, like I I was when I was coming up with the name of the show, and and you were kind of looking over these titles and stuff, and again, you didn't know where they occurred in the series we had so many cool ideas but some of these factions and groups don't emerge until later in the series and i and you were just like dude heroes of the horn like it's such a big deal yeah well and I, it, I didn't know yeah. it was this big of a deal right right so that's why when you said it to me because going back now so uh sir matt and i just are sort of reflecting to a conversation we had months ago where uh when you said that to me i almost dropped the phone i was just like Oh my, that's it. I was like, that's it. We're, we are heroes of the horn and we welcome our listeners as heroes, you know, that, that you're, that you're bound right uh, in, in some way and that the, that the grave is no bar to the horns call. And it's something that Tom Marilyn talks about. It's something that in the show, I am super excited to see him talk about the hunters of the horn and, and what maybe that they're looking for, for the horn. Why is the horn so significant? What, what does it mean? All that kind of stuff. So, it, it, you know, it just seems like it's going to be a huge part to to season one is that you're going to have these heroes. I mean, this would be the way to end. I mean, you are, are you telling me you're sounding a horn that you've been hearing about from the beginning? You've been hearing about Hunters of the Horn. Um, and the, the irony, as we said earlier on uh, when we first started The Great Hunt, is that we're hunting for what we haven't. The Great Hunt is actually that we lose it and we have to hunt for it again. Right. <laughs> you know, um, so, so yeah, I, I can just so I can so see how they're going to maybe end this first season with a sounding of the horn and the heroes of the horn showing up. So we'll, we'll get into that as we get into that chapter. I think it's forty six when we talk about you know Matt actually sounding the horn. Um, and in this first part, I want to chapter forty four is I I, I just want to table this for the extended edition simply because. I want to do a separate conversation about the White Cloaks. They're there. Uh, Jeffrey Bornhold is 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 uh, there. Bornhold, excuse me, is there and is like trying to send word back to his son um, as to what happened, what end they met here, what's what's going on. Like the world needs to know that this battle took place. That these White Cloaks, you know, um, are destroyed, are are lost, and so he sends uh, Child Bayar out to make sure that the word you know, gets back to the commander and, and to his son as to how he died. So that we're going to table that and talk about that later. The The main uh, piece of this is that, you know, Perrin, Huron and Matt ride in together. Um, and we're kind of look, they're scouting around Falma. We're looking for the horn. Um, we're looking for pot on Fane. And, and so that whole chapter is just sort of a setup, you know, to, 
to them getting into Falma. Okay, so I think that, is that good enough, sir? Yeah, no, any, any like no, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah, we can start. Okay, right, yeah, we can definitely start right with chapter forty-five, okay. man. Right. So again, this is the one where Nynaeve uh, frees Sitas uh, Damani, uh, right, and places the collar on Seta, mm-hmm. right. Uh, yeah. And then, um, you know, we get to Rand fighting Turek, which is epic. So there's really kind of there's as we kind of progress forward today, uh, there's really kind of two stories kind of going on. Really, um, you've got kind mm-hmm. of this is like what's going on with Nynaeve and Egwene. And then this is what's going on with Rand um, and and the boys. Right. Yeah. Well, so I let's I guess let's let's maybe start here with Nynaeve and Egwene and just kind of work through kind of their story and then we can kind of come back because Rand's is a little it's bigger and longer and stretches over the whole thing um, yeah. because theirs kind of ends really after this this next uh, chapter here right and so you have you know Nynaeve Min and uh, Elaine right and they're all kind of getting this plan together to we got to free Egwene right we gotta we got yes. we gotta free Egwene. Um, and so, you know, they, they see this kind of like Damani and a, and a Suldan, right. And they're kind of walking towards them. Um, and so Nynaeve, uh, you know, she like focuses all of her anger, right. Uh, you know, and the leashed one and the leash holders. Right. And then she's yep. like, she's like getting, she's like all kinds of upset, right. Because they put that filthy collar on Egwene's neck. Right. And yeah. she, and she, uh, you know, channels it and, um, stuff like that. And so, Essentially, what happens is they are going to, you know, th- their plan is, is that if, if they can kind of look like everybody else, they can at least go get to where Egwene is. And so they, yes. they do that by, uh, by you know, like uh, by placing a collar on this person. <laughs> like, yeah, no, no, exactly. So that's the, the, the cool thing here is that. All of these girls are learning the, their powers. They're starting to understand what they can do. They don't yet really know. And so it's interesting to see them kind of learn. Like once they see a weave, well, now they've got it. They seem to have um, to pick up things really quickly. Nynaeve then is sort of messing around with um, the item and is, is figuring out how, like the collar, how do I take that off? I mean, if we got to Egwene, like what what are we dealing with here? Like why is it sh- why has she not been able to... Uh, get it off or to leave or or whatever so Nynaeve is kind of thinking ahead there saying we've got to capture um one of these people we got to figure out like how this works so yeah she frees Seta's Damani and then she places the collar on Seta and figures out how how this works and then she dresses up in Seta's clothes with the lightning bolts and no one I mean honestly a lot of times people avert their eyes when they even when they see that um, that apparel, right? Or they see that that uniform, if you will. And so people are really, they see the lightning bolts, they see uh, that, you, that you're that Suldam, and they're not really even going to look at you. So right. that is what allows them, yeah, to get as close as as they do. So it's it's pretty awesome. Um, and gosh, man, I mean, you can tell through the fear of Seta that there is, there's real fear there. Like she cannot believe that she is collared. She was one who held the collar, mm-hmm. and she inflicted oh, and Egwene, pain. And Egwene lets her know, or Nynaeve, excuse me, lets her know. Man, I mean, she is like, she's like talking. She's telling this lady what she thinks of her. Uh, I mean, yeah, yes, yeah, because it's it's like it's sickening. I mean, that's yeah. that's the thing. It's is sla- that I mean, it's, yeah, it's slavery. It's totally, it's totally just, it's totally slavery. Yeah. Yeah, and it's 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 awful. I mean, and they're they're punished by by using it. Um, I, one of the things that we see when we get in with a Gwen is that you can actually hang that collar up, um, 
even when Egwene figured out how to get the clasp off, like there was some, um, you, you, like like she, it ended up hurting her, right? I mean, even if you can, you, even if, as you tried to flick the collar off or, or, or to remove it, you know, or you figured out where the clasp kind of latches, it, she's immediately, there's some ward on it where she's hurt by that. Like she can't pick it up and walk away with it. You know, so that was the other thing. Why couldn't you just go over when, when Renna hangs it on the peg, you know, in the room, why can't you just walk over there and pick it up and then take it away? Well, the moment that you do that, I mean, again, there's backlash and she can't do that. So it is such a uh, terrible thing. There's really no, you need outside intervention. You need someone else to come in and kind of help you um, figure out what, what, you know, what to do, how, how to get out of it. And that's what Nynaeve is, is able to do here. She's able to kind of figure out how to get it off of her. And then, so she's taking, you know, she and Elaine uh, are walking in with Seta and then they see men and men, you know, walks, walks them back to where Egwene is. And wow. I mean, Egwene thinks she's seeing a dream. She thinks this is a dream, right? Um, but what she was expecting, and this is what's great about this, right? Is that in her dreams, you know, it was uh, Rand, it was uh, Gawain, Galad, it was these other, right. you know, uh, coming in on the, on white horses and stuff. And she goes, I can't, I'm, I, this is obviously not a dream. Like, this is real. This is what, like, like dreams are like these guys riding in on horses to save her. But in reality, you know, you've got her, her best friends, her closest companions who cared, you know, deeply about her coming in to free her. And so that's real. And that's what's great about it. Um, but yeah, yeah man. Uh, yeah. So, and the, uh, well, and then, yeah, you want to talk about Renna when Renna shows up? I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We could do that. Because then I was going to say, I say we go into the next, just into the next chapter with Egwene's kind of story their 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 story and then we can shift back yeah it's fine i mean so Nynaeve frees Egwene, right um who then collars renna yeah, yeah exactly yeah. so with it that in that moment i will say is pretty epic right like when it happens because when she sees her right when she sees Egwene, it's like she doesn't it's like it's just like the speed at which Egwene like acts well when like the, once the collar is off it's like she's like does it, she didn't even have a moment to scream right as i think i think is like what what it uh -huh. says yeah and it's just like yeah it's pretty sweet it's pretty pretty you know awesome moment for Egwene there yeah exactly she she um well and and you can see she's talking to Nynaeve about how so her reaction when she jumps on Rena and and uh it, it well you have to act you have to act Absolutely, super fast yeah. I mean, because again, you know, it, Renna could have used her against Nynaeve or whatever, but thankfully we've got a couple channelers in there and Renna is no match whatsoever. But she hates the Suldam, hates them because they hurt me, Nynaeve. She says that over and over, they hurt me so bad. And I think at one point she describes it as being like, like what it would feel like to be in boiling water. And as you're just like, cheesy cow. Like how do you have um, any... Like, how, how, how do you forgive a person after going through something like that? You know, I mean, how would you? And that's where Nynaeve starts to talk to her about justice. And this is also why you see that Nynaeve was chosen to be wisdom and lead the women's circle is that she's she's trying to teach, even though, uh, again, and I don't blame Egwene at all for this. I mean, gosh, I would I would hate that person as well. And I would want to hurt them back. You know, um, what Nynaeve really shows them, though, is that hey, here's the real irony. The justice is, is that they, in the Shanchen uh, culture, they have not, or it's a big secret, right? 
but that she she quickly lets like Seta kind of realizes that she is a channeler. Yeah. That she can also channel. So it's just that her ability was a little less when and it was, was undetected. Right. Yeah. Yes. So now it's sort of like, okay, I was enslaving essentially these women who could channel and I am just like them. And when you find that out, like that will cripple the your your like the structure that you have going on there, right? They they realize this is a huge secret, like it's never been revealed to them. Um and so Rena, you know, is is gonna. This is something that that they're gonna have to deal with, essentially, you know. Um, and so she's telling, kind of, Nynaeve is telling Egwene, like that in and of itself is going to be justice, you know, having her collared, um, leaving her here, and then seeing that you can you can also control Rena, and that there's gonna be a lot of questions to answer. There's gonna be a lot of people thinking, like, ooh, what's What's up with this? Like, basically, the hurt that you want to give to Rena will be done by her own people when mm-hmm. they find her. Yeah. Collared. You know? Exactly. I mean, yeah. Like, what? Like, yeah, because how did you let this happen? I mean, you know, all of, right. all of those questions she's going to have to answer because of that. Right. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, the disgusting thing is, and this is, again, something Robert Jordan is, um, gosh, it makes, you, it makes you think. It's it's awful. She treats her like a pet. She calls her Thule. And she's questioning Nynaeve, like, what are you doing in here, you know, with my pet? You, you didn't request an audience. You know, this is this is crazy. Um, and you learn more about their customs and stuff and, and property and rights and who has uh, the ability to go in here and speak to the Damani. It's just the Suldom. But, uh, yeah, she quickly gets over overwhelmed by Egwene, Egwene uh, sobbing and just super upset. But Nynaeve comforts her, and they're able to kind of find some form of you know justice there right. so i think yeah yeah and 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 that's yeah. and and that that's not necessarily the end of um min uh and elaine's uh kind of story for the rest of this these chapters but it's kind of really like kind of really the end of, of Egwene and nynaeve so now let's step back here as um yeah. and go back to chapter 45 uh and so this is when we see what's going on with ran so remember so um so they are sneaking in, right? So they're like the, the the this whole kind of events happening, right? Rand and the boys basically are sneaking in, and they're gonna try and go get the horn of Valir, right? They want to get the horn, um, and Ingtar is kind of acting a little strange, as uh, yeah. I mean, it kind of reminded me of Star Wars Episode Two, right? When they're like, uh, should we, you know, should we wait? Should we take our time? Uh, and Inktars is like, no, I'm taking the horn now, right? It kind of reminded me of yeah. uh, Obi Wan versus <laughs> Obi Wan and Anakin versus Count Dooku in Star Wars Episode Two, Attack of the Clones, right? You know, like we'll take him together. No, I'm taking him now, right? And so that yeah. was kind of yeah. kind of the thing. But so let me just say something. I laughed so hard when they are sneaking in, and the, yeah. Matt sees a girl walk by, and it kind of describes it and says like she's kind of wearing like the see through dress. And right. Matt is like, Matt is like, did you guys, did you see that? You can see through her clothes. <laughs> and it's like screaming this thing. And they're like, shut up, dude. Like, what are you right. doing, right. man? Yeah. He's sort of like blurting out the obvious, right? Like as they come in, you get this internal dialogue, monologue, whatever, like where they're, they're thinking about. Right. Like, oh, wow, that's, that's crazy. And then Matt's the one who like says it out loud. You're like, what? <laughs> what are you doing, man? Like, come on. We're trying to, we're trying to be quiet. And here you are like yelling. I, so I lost. I thought that was hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was, that was pretty awesome. Um, <clears throat> the whole thing. Um, it's why they go, they go right into 
I mean, they're in dangerous territory. So they go into Turok's kind of um, like like the, what he's established as as his headquarters. And you have the servants who you're talking about there who, gosh, they don't speak. They don't move. They don't do a thing. Um, it's, it's eerie. It's eerie how they, even when Turok is killed, how they just stay in that position. They don't move. They're not spoken to. It's weird, isn't it? It's it's very very different. I it is. I think. Yeah, and and yeah. and well, I would say Rand's you know fight uh, against against Torak is really is it's pretty cool, right? So he uh, Torak kind of sees him. He sees that he has a he has a heron mark blade, but he you know he says he can tell he's young, and Rand's kind of just uh, thinking back, right, to what Land taught him all the way back at the beginning of the book, right? Uh, you know, to mm-hmm. the to sheathe the sword. Right. And so that's ultimately what he has to do. And so he basically gets hurt in, in, in doing so um, and to, to defeat Turok. But he does. Yeah. Yeah, he does. Yeah. So it's um, it, well, it, it's basically this. He's remember he was being taught by Lan all of these um, moves. Right. I mean, how to how to be a, a blade master. You know how to earn that heron, essentially. That heron mark uh, has has marked him as a blade master, and now he's coming across Tuark, who, uh, you know, I mean, this this is like master on master. I mean, this is right. like he, well, master versus apprentice, whatever you want to call it. I mean, he is. This is Tuark is no joke. All right, he's no slouch, as we say sometimes. Um, and and so that was a intense kind of you know moment and and battle. Um, Matt's able to get the dagger back, which is great. And gosh, you see what happens when he slashes somebody with that dagger. Uh, that it's, it's oh awful. yeah, I mean yeah, it says his yeah. hand like swells up and then kind of like falls off. It's like oh geez, right? Yeah, sh- shrieking as his face grew black and his eyes bulged overripe like overripe plums until a dark swollen tongue, you know, gagged him. Uh, he twitched, choking, choking. Um, heels drumming, and he did not move again. Yeah, every bit of his exposed flesh was black and and uh, putrid pitch. Looked ready to burst at the touch. Yeah, Matt is sort of like, um, even Tuark is staring at it open mouth, like sort of like what you know, like just can't really, can't really believe. And it's Inktar who who speaks up. He's like, you see, we're not so easy meet, right? Because they're they're uh, a fight's about to break out. So yeah, and then and then Inktar, man, he he goes for. It. I love this. So we're gonna get into him just. A little. I want to. This is um, this is basically leading into that fight where Rand will fight Tuark, but. Uh, Inktar leaped, leaps over that corpse. You know, Matt had slashed him with his dagger. And he goes towards these soldiers who are still kind of like goggling at what's left. He uses the element of surprise, essentially saying like, you're, you're, it's, it's, you're done. Right. It, it does show you that the Shinarans are, are um, they're, so, they're deadly. They, are, they have been fighting this fight um, up you know, against, the, against the Blight for years. Like they've grown up. They're all warriors. They're warrior people. And they understand. They can see when they see an advantage, they they take it. Um, so so yeah, he's jumping over, uh, about to attack the soldiers, you know, and uh, he cries out, "Shinoa!" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he cried, "Follow me!" Uh, Huron leaped after him. The soldiers fell back before them. The sounds of steel on steel rising. Uh, the Shanchin at the other end of the room stared forward as Inktar moved. Uh, but then they were falling back too before Matt's thrusting dagger. I mean, Matt's all he has to do is kind of like wave that dagger, and they're like, "Oh shoot, you know, don't touch me with that." I mean, that's like I don't want to. It's not just death; it's like 
a terrible death, uh, like the, the way in which when you're cut by that. I mean, you could see that in, in the, the blackness, um, the ex- just the way that person's body swelled up and changed. It was just awful. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Matt, you know, Perrin's moving in. Then, you know, he's got his axe out and everything. So in the space of heartbeats, Rand stood alone facing Tuarak, uh, who held his blade upright before him. His moment of shock was gone. His eyes were sharp on Rand's face. The black and swollen body of one of his soldiers might as well not existed. It did not seem to exist for the two servants either, any more than Rand and his sword existed. So those servants, it's one of those things where I pointed out that the Shanchen are just, I don't like them. I don't like them. I don't like the way they're treating Egwene. I don't like, like their servants seem to be, they freak me out a little bit simply because they've, they know that if they move or if they flinch or whatever, they're, you know, Tuark could turn on them or he'll notice that. Even like if Tuark wins and those servants didn't perform their duty and, and do what they were supposed to do, I don't think they make it or they're punished in some way, you know? Yeah. So uh, let's re- read on a little bit more here. So his, um, okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. So it didn't, yeah, they didn't seem to exist. Okay. Fading now from the room. Uh, to either side of the... So the soldiers and the sounds of fighting are fading out into the hallways. Uh, Inktar, Perrin, and Matt are just getting after it. Um, Huron is there. Never forget that. Mm, Huron the Stiffer all, yeah, is there. Yeah, Huron's great. He's there. So uh, let's see. The servants had begun calmly folding Tuark's robe as soon as the High Lord took, his, uh, took out his sword. Uh, he had not looked up even for the dead soldiers, or they had not looked up even for the dead sh- soldiers. Shriek, they now knelt beside the door and watched with impassive eyes. Just just eerie. Uh, Tuark says, you know, I suspected it might come to you and me. And so they're circling each other. He says, you are young. Let us see what is required to earn the heron on this side of the ocean. So that heron marking, he's recognized even from a foreigner as being a blade master. You know, mm-hmm. like that's interesting. This is this is like an ancient mark. This this must be something that is uh, that's been around for a long time. I guess, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I will say the it it. I mean, it's like a stare down, right? Like when they when they actually like get. Uh, start like start to battle right i mean it's mm-hmm. i mean and mm-hmm. rand is rand is talking about you know like trying to uh trying to find the the void right like you know like that tam yes. t- tam taught him and he keeps he keeps reflecting on that and reflecting on that and reflecting on that but he but he may not have the time to yeah, exactly exactly so um that's a good point so let's let me let me read that part because it's interesting so as he's seeking the void Saidin waited just outside the void um, his heart leapt with eagerness, right? He's always wanting to, to, to summon it, to call it, to channel it. Um, but he's also thinking that he can sense that Egwene is close by. Um, he can sense, he, he realizes that Damani are also nearby. So if he touched Saidin, and if he could not stop himself channeling, they would know, right? So those Damani you know, would, would, would realize it, and then he'd be fighting all of them. So it is still kind of a secret thing we've got to we've got to sneak in here we're way outnumbered oh you know, we're yeah, way outnumbered. yeah absolutely right so they cannot go this is an army of shanchen um varen had told him right that they could that he would be if he does channel then he you know he's gonna be surrounded there's just that she won't be able to help him i mean no one he's on his own so um he's facing Tuark, and he he's like i have to leave here alive i have to free a Gwen. 
Um, you know, he raised his blade, Tuark glided toward him on silent feet. Blade rang on blade like hammer on anvil. I mean, I love the way he describes fighting too. Like he, uh, Robert Jordan really, really uh, gets into it here. So, but yeah, this fight goes on. There's, there's these quick wrist movements, quick feet. Um, Rand is realizing that he's a little outmatched. I mean, like at first, a little bit like, like he's kind of overwhelmed, but, but then Tuark is realizing, although he's young, he's a quick learner. He's been trained by Lan. So you know he's good, Matt. You know he's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So he is. He fights him, and uh, let's let's see if we can find this real quick here. So, the tip of Turok's heavy sword made a stinging uh, trench just under his left eye. A flap of coat sleeve hung away from his soul, uh, his shoulder. The darker, uh, for being wet, under a neat slash beneath his right arm, precise at, as a tailor's cut. Uh, he could feel warm dampness spreading down his ribs. Uh, there was disappointment on the High Lord's face. He stepped back with a gesture of disgust. Where did you find that blade, boy? Um, or do you here truly award the heron to those no more skilled than you? No matter, make your peace. It is time to die. So he's having at Rand here. You know, he's cutting him up a little bit. So, um, yeah, so so the void enveloped Rand. Saeedine flowed towards him, glowing with the with the promise of the one power, but he ignored it. Uh, it was more div- it was no more difficult than ignoring the barbed thorn twisting in his flesh. He refused to be filled with the power. So he's choosing again just to use his own skills and kind of and get in that not, oneness and to not channel. Yeah, yeah, right, right, exactly. And he starts to recognize. We go over some of the moves. He's recognizing all these different, you know, um, um, things. He's he's starting to use call upon his own training and so that disappointment and that disgust that was there in Tuark's face is going away and it's replaced by surprise and then connection and he's realizing you know what Rand is is trying to do you know so uh let's see we're almost there uh Rand's thoughts floated outside the void apart from him hardly noticed it was not enough he had faced a blade master, and with the void and every ounce of his skill, he was barely managing to hold his own. Barely. He had to end it before Tuark finally did. And then in, in question mark, Saidine? No. Sometimes it is necessary to sheathe the sword in your own flesh. But that would not help Egwene either. So basically saying, if, if I allow him to, to thrust his sword into my side, even though I can land a killing blow, that's not going to help me get Egwene. Right? Yeah. So he had to end it. He had to end it. He had to end it now. This is such a cool part. Um, Turok's eyes widened as Rand you know, glided forward. So far, he had only uh, defended. Now he attacked all out. Uh, the boar rushes down the mountain. I love these, dude. Anytime they go, like, the boar rushes down the mountain. Uh, so it's an attack move, right? Every movement of his blade was an attempt to reach the High Lord. Now all Turok could do was retreat and defend. Um, in an instant, while Tuark still tried to face the boar, Rand charged. The river undercuts the bank. He dropped to one knee, blade slashing across. Uh, he did not need Tuark's gasp or the feel of resistance to his cut to know. He heard two thumps and turned his head, knowing he what, would he, what he would see. He looked down the length of his blade, wet and red, to where the High Lord lay. Sword tumbled from his limp hand uh, and a dark dampness staining the birds woven in the carpet got him he got him sir Matt. you know like it's it's just pretty cool so i i like that because you know he could have used other things but he's showing that you know 
even though I may not be as experienced or haven't used these skills as much, like I think it's a credit to Lan and in his teaching and then just that he is this quick learner and he has he's super strong. He's he's big, he's tall, he's got a longer reach. I mean, yeah, Rand Rand is is is, is this is this is a good moment for him because he really shows off and is is developing into someone who can handle the blade and and is someone who is worthy of that heron mark and that's what i like because i think up to this point you're kind of thinking like is he really just a poser is he a guy who just has a heron mark sword and he's not actually a blade master which is exactly what tuark is saying about him right well that's what, and that's what a lot of people are saying about him right i mean people say people yeah. say that throughout the this entire book but then i then he actually is able to take somebody down Right. And so mm-hmm, he's kind of mm-hmm. learning how to become a blade master. Right. This whole book. Right. I mean, he's carrying the thing. The first time he says, uh, you know, I'm less than a year old. He's like, it feels awkward. It feels weird to say. Right. Um, and so he's learning it the entire time. Well, now he's just defeated one. So now he's he's legitimized himself. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, the part I forgot, I forgot about this part. Um, I was talking about the servants, and I, I remember now just why I thought they were so crazy. You read right on here. Once they see that their high lord has been killed, they say this. They say, from birth to death, they intone in unison, I serve the blood. And they plunge the daggers into their own hearts. I mean, it's just like the Shan Chen culture is nuts. It's just crazy. And it's something that it's it, it's foreign to us, but they're also extremely powerful. They have Damani like they have these um, uh, creatures that we're like, where did these creatures come from? We've never seen animals or beasts like this. Their servants act differently. It, it, it's it's a whole nother thing, man. They're they're just they're they're really interesting. But that's pretty much it. I mean, you know, that fight takes place, and and now um, Rand, Matt, uh, Inktar, the rest of them, they're they're on their they're on their way out. I mean, Rand is still thinking about Egwene, right? Um, yeah, yeah, and he, then says, he has to go. Yeah, I'll, then he has yeah, to I'll go get come her. Back. I'll come back for her somehow. So, yeah, okay. Um, so, chapter forty six, right? So, this is um, again, and this is where uh, you starts off, and it's and you have Nynaeve uh, and Egwene's kind of point of view, which we talked about, right? Which were uh, she gets the the leash um, taken off. So then we kind of come. You get you get a you get a couple little more points of view, right? You get like Bale Doman, um, right? Yeah. Um, who is one of as his favorite characters? As so, what happens with Bale? I love Bale it. Doman. <laughs> Yeah, he's he's just chilling there. I mean, he's it's uh, it's interesting. Somebody, um, one of our listeners, uh, I was I was talking to. They said that I kind of remind them of uh, of Captain Doman, and I was like, "Wow, all right, I'll take it." You know, uh, he's he's this you know he's a collector of ancient things and stuff, and he's he's there waiting because um, he made the agreement with Nynaeve that he's going to wait and he's going to be there their ride out of there. You know, he's he's going to help them escape. Um, and as they see sort of the chaos that is. That, that is hitting um, because Nynaeve and, and, and Egwene are, are leaving and actually they fall under attack from Damani. Fireballs are raining down, stuff's just going nuts. So some of his men try to like take off and he was just like, no, like he's going to wait. He gave his word. He's going to, he's going to stay there. So that's really um, what, what he's doing. And then we flash back here to yeah. Rand, uh, Inktar and, and Huron in the streets. Yeah. And man, it's like, okay, they're trying to escape. You know, the streets are packed, right? Um, the Sun Chan are everywhere. And man, Inktar just basically lets it out to Rand, right? He's like, uh, you know, know, he's like, he's like telling him, he's like, you know, I did, I did not, I didn't want to do it. I had to do it. And it's all at first, I was like, what are you talking about, dude? Like, because he, but you can tell he's just had this, this weight around him 
uh, for so long. He's like, I never knew what, uh, you know, what he intended until he shot that arrow. I still don't know whether it was meant uh, for the Armelin or for you. You know, all these words, Rand kind of begins to get worried, and Ingtar continues speaking. Humankind is being swept away everywhere. Nations fall and vanish. Dark friends are everywhere, and none of these Southlanders seem to notice or care. We fight to hold the borderlands to keep them safe in their houses and every year. Despite all we can do, the blight advances. Uh, these Southlanders think Trollocs are myths and murder all at Gleeman's Trail. It seemed the only way. We would be destroyed for nothing. Defending people who do not even know or care, it seemed logical. Why should we be destroyed for them when we could make our own peace? Better the shadow, I thought, unless oblivion right? Like uh, Carrion wow. or, or Hardron, or it seems so logical, you know, that Rand is realizing that Ingtar is a dark friend. <laughs> I know, man. So it is, let me just slow this down. I wanted to get to this point. I've been waiting for this for so long. So I can totally see, and I, I've, 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 I've often, when I, um, I just tweeted the other day, by the way, I literally tweeted the word, it was last night, I tweeted, um, light, and Shinoa, you know, right. I tweeted that and I, I said, if this didn't give you chills, like, I don't know what will, first of all, um, but I said, if it did give you chills, like if you're here, the horn retweet, but it was like, every time I've read this, it just grows on me more and more. And he, he is, he is sitting there thinking, um, first of all, he's like, it's almost like he's speaking to himself. He looks down yeah, exactly. Alley, yeah. And he says, one man could hold 50 here. You know, it's as if he says it to himself, right? And then he keeps looking around and, and uh, he says, one man holding 50 at a narrow passage, not a bad way to die. Yeah. Songs have been made about less. <laughs> and you're sitting there going like, wait, Inktar, wait, what do you do? Why, what are you saying? What, what are you trying to say? What, you don't need to die. It's okay. It's, it's, it's okay. This is a man who has been looking for a way to redeem himself for so long. He didn't realize, he is not, I don't think he's, he hasn't served the shadow for years. He literally, you know, he didn't see, when they're going to Tarwin's Gap, he thinks it's it. This is it. You know, he's going to fight, and he wants to desperately fight against the shadow. That's what he wants to do. So he's a man who is, is torn. Like, he'll go fight, but if there's a way to save people and, and to not have to face oblivion, then he'll take it. Because he like he cares, and he's almost a little bit bitter. Like, uh, you know, people in the two rivers in Emmons Field, they think Trollocs are a Gleeman's tale, but I face them every day. You know, like like we don't let people wear hoods. Why? Because because we want to we want to uh, see your face. We want to see your eyes. The eyeless are not allowed to walk. Or we'll kill them. They, they face down fades. I mean, he's been facing the shadow for years, and so. When you get to that point where you're like, I don't see a way, I don't see a path forward, and it seems like, like no one in the world, I mean, if the world were backing us and if they were helping us fight, I'd never turn, but it's almost like he thinks maybe maybe just a little, you know, I'm going to have one foot in, one foot out here, and, and, I, and I might give in to the shadow a little bit because I'm desperate, desperation, you know, and it's weird because I think he made his agreement with the shadow right before and i could be wrong people can correct me on this and i'm fine with it and you know what if i am wrong i, I you know what i don't even want to know because i like before to think Rand that shows up in the eye of the world yes yes and then seeing that i think he struggles and let me take you back to the dark friend uh social you know at the beginning of this book you know the man 
named Boars, right? right? You remember that? Yeah. And you talked about how significant it was. One of the people there is Inktar. He's there. And he's the one who asked the question. He says, you know, should we kill these boys? Should they be killed? And each of them is given a secret, you know, thing that they're, that they're supposed to do. And when does that take place? Is right. that, is that, is that after the events of the Iowa? Is it before, you know, all that kind of stuff. People can, we can talk about that a uh, different time, but so it, it, to, to me, man, he is somebody who is, was looking for this way and he didn't think there would be once he meets Rand and he gets to know him and he says, you know, basically that you should have had the command, like you are a better man than, than me and, and, and all of this stuff he's been looking for a way to redeem himself. He wants the horn so desperately because he could use it against the shadow. You know, if he won a great battle against the, against the shadow, maybe, you know, that, that he could re-embrace the light, that he would be worthy, that he could step away from this life of darkness or whatever, or that he could redeem himself for the dark deeds, for allowing Pot on Fane into uh, Faldara, right? And, and not knowing, you know, what, yeah, man, it's, that's all the stuff that he's struggling with. And when he comes out of the portal stone, you know, you see the desperation and how, you know, how desperate he was just to, to do one deed, to find one thing that he could, that would redeem him. And he's standing here. And let me tell you, the wheel weaves, my friend. And it gave him an opportunity right here. He sees it. He sees this is a spot. I could make my final stand here. I could maybe do something I think I think he's 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 almost like hoping that this is that that he almost needs like Rand or someone to tell him that yes this is your thing this is your moment and this could be the thing that redeems you in a, in a sense and <laughs> I I just I absolutely love it um let's see let's move on here let's let's get a couple more things that he says um yeah so, so yeah Rand felt that chill he stared at Inktar what are you saying um, humankind is being swept away. We, we talked about all of that. Um, it seemed the only way, right? Okay. Rand grabbed Inktar. Um, you aren't making any sense. He can't mean what he's saying. He can't. Say it plain, whatever you mean. You're talking crazy. For the first time, Inktar looked at Rand. His eyes shone with unshed tears. You are a better man than I. Shepherd or Lord, a better man. The prophecy says, let let who sounds me think not of glory, but only salvation. It was my salvation I was thinking of. I would sound the horn and lead the heroes of the ages against Sheogul. Let's freaking yeah. go. That's what he wants to do, okay? Surely that would have been enough to save me. No man can walk so long in the shadow that he cannot come again to the light. Let me read that again. I'm going to put it on a shirt, by the way. Um... No man can walk so long in the shadow that he cannot come again to the light. Um, that is what they say. Surely that would have been enough to wash away what I have been and done. Ring, you know, oh, jeez. Oh, God. Uh, Rand says, oh, light, Inktar, right? Um, and then he says, I think, I think wanting to is enough. I think all you have to do is stop being one of them. And then Inktar kind of flinches, right? As, as if he had said the word dark friend. Yeah. Um, oh my gosh. And this is, I have to read this because it's just so good. Uh, Rand, when Varen brought us here with the portal stones, 
I lived other lives. Sometimes I held the horn, but I never sounded it. I tried to escape what I'd become, but I never did. Always there was something else required of me, always something worse than the last, until I was. You were ready to give up. You were ready to give it up to save a friend. Think not of glory. Oh, light, help me. Oh, my gosh, man. Um, yeah, so after a time, Inktar spoke again firmly. Uh, there has to be a price, Rand. There is always a price. Perhaps I can pay it here. Um, you know, he says, starts to say Inktar. Uh, he said, it's every man's right, Rand, to choose when to sheathe the sword, even one like me. Oh, my gosh. He tells him to go. He tells him to, you know, leave. And, I, you know, it's like as he's doing that, I just see him taking out his sword, standing down, watching the Shanchen come towards him, and he's telling Rand, leave. One man can hold off 50 Is this going to be, this this be, be my final stand? In the show? Yes, it will be. <laughs> it absolutely will be. It has to be. I mean, this. I, I mean, I'm even okay if you introduce this character a little earlier if you have to, and 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 have us kind of say, yeah, that guy's awesome. Like he's respected. He's whatever. And then we feel so like, you know, no, he he, he can't be a dark friend. No. Um. But yet he, you you realize all these that he's he you know he he's been working for the shadow. Um. But yet at the same time he's a man who almost like made a bargain you know, with the devil and doesn't know how to get his soul back yeah. and is searching for a way to do that. And he thinks the horn is his salvation, but th that's, that's not it. Rand says like, you know, you, all you have to do is want it and just to be that, to stop being one of them. And so, so as they're riding into the next chapter and Rand meets up with, with, uh, you know, and, and Huron, I mean, they, they, oh gosh, let me go back to that line real quick. Um, uh, here we go. Okay. So he says, I know Inktar, Rand drew a deep breath. The light shine on you, Lord Ingtar of House Shinawa. And may you shelter in the palm of the Creator's hand. He touched, Inktar, he touched Ingtar's shoulder. The last embrace of the mother welcome you home. Huron gasp. Huron knows that that is basically something you say to a man who is dead. Yeah. He's, he's, it's, it's, I, that's, he's committed. He, he knows that. Um, this is it. I will fight until I die. I will keep them off, Rand and everyone else. I will. I will allow you to uh, escape. Um, you know, just uh, to the countryside where we'll continue the rest of the story. And as Rand rides up to them, and they're like, you know, wh where's where's Inktar, right? And and he says, you know, he's. I, it's, 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 he might as well. He's dying. He's dying for us. He's fighting for the light. <laughs> you know, like. And then you hear Inktar in the distance. The light. <laughs> I just, I, I see that moment. And I go, I have chills. I'm just like, this is a, I don't know. I, what, what do you think? I no, mean, I, I, sorry. I just kind of sweet. I mean, yeah. I mean, uh, cause I was thinking about it when it, when it's happening it's like, Oh my God, Inktar's a dark friend. And then you start to thinking about yeah. it a little bit. Okay. Like I can see it. It kind of makes sense. Um, yeah. And then I just feel bad for him, man. I just feel bad. Like, gosh, is there any way we can save him? Did he have to die? Like, you know, like, right. it's, what, like, what do we have to do to change this? But it just is what it is. And you just, it you is. just have to go. It is. It. Yeah. And, and and that's okay. You know, um, he saw many, I mean, he, at that point when he goes to the portal stones, he saw that like even any ground or, or gain he made in these deeds are like, I'll just do one more thing for the shadow, but I'm going to keep trying to find a way to serve the light. You, you couldn't do both. Um, it was tearing him apart. And so, he, that's that he decides that you know to to cast off any anything to do with the shadow and to fight for the light, 
And I just think it's such an epic moment, you know, that you can walk, that no man can walk so long in the shadow that he cannot return to the light. That's a lesson. That is something that people need to remember. Like, regardless of, of I think when we see somebody who says the wrong thing on social media or somebody who does something wrong in life and we think they are forever, you know, um, that, they're, that they're unredeemable or that they can't ever be a good person again, I think that's so wrong. I think there are so so many of us who, like, thank God we made mistakes when we were younger and we, we learned from them. And then we, we know not to do those things again. And we're, you know, but I don't know. I, I Everyone has a different path and a different, um, you know, way in life. It just, it's, it's really neat to me. It's really interesting. And it's something I want to encourage. I encourage my students to think about it, you know, that like, just because you made a mistake or you have a detention today doesn't mean that tomorrow can't be the best day yet and every day there afterwards. It's a, it's a new day. There's there's new hope. There's a, there's a chance uh, to kind of, you know, improve yourself. So anyways, enough of that. I, I, think it's, I think it's epic. Um, they then kind of move out here and we kind of flash back and forth a little bit to the, uh, the White Cloaks gathering and they're seeing the Shanchen moving and Rand is in, in, in company are sitting there sort of in between this battle that's about to happen. Yeah, they are. And they're in a position where they say, like, how do we, what are we going to do, man? Like, how are we going to get out of this? And this is probably my fate, <laughs> my favorite moment <laughs> of the entire thing. Right. In which yeah. Matt just decides, well, I mean, why not? <laughs> like, Right. Because, yeah. It says the horn of you know the horn of Valir is is supposed to be blown at the last battle. Doesn't say it can't be blown any time uh, other uh-huh. than that, right? Which is which is just which is just hilarious, right? I know. I think it's I think it's really cool. That's and that's a really good point. Is that it's something that you can use? Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah right. It says right here. It's like when they when they see no way out alive. Matt says it has to be at the last battle. Nothing says it can't be used before then. Nothing says it can't. With that, he just blows it, right? He just blows the horn yeah. of he just blows the horn of Valir, right? Yeah. Uh that's gonna be one of those moments kinda like you remember in Return of the King, uh yeah, when when um Rohan shows up, right? King Theoden and they blow the horn and it's just sort of like you hear like you see I, I just feel like it's gonna be one of those magical moments where you're gonna have this awesome uh, sound of of the horn of Valir. What's it gonna sound like? You know, what is it what does it sound like? I think that'll be yeah. that'll be awesome. But yeah, there there it has to be Matt just decides he's gonna sound it. And so so yeah, we have um and then we kind of flash you know, like I said, over to Jeff from Bornhold who stiffens in his saddle and he's and he's telling Chad Barr, you know, his his la- um that that you know he's gonna lead this last charge and he sends him off to kind of make sure that his son knows what happens here. Uh Thunder and Screams wrapped in whiteness, his last thought was regret. Bayar would not be able to tell his son, Dane, how he had died. Um, because he's going to die here. This is his last. This is, he's, as he's rushing into these Shanchen, these, these Damani are using the power. But um, Matt has just sounded the horn. So uh, Rand could not see the trees around them any longer. Matt had lowered the horn, eyes wide with awe. Can you imagine, right? You just sounded. This. Oh, yeah. Just <laughs> like, oh, my God. Right. Yeah. The sound still rang in Rand's ears. The well, fog like, hit everything. Yeah. Well, like later, uh, when they're well, like when they're at the remember, remember when they're running and they like like Matt like drops the horn. 
right? Yeah. And he like and he like and he like picks it back up. He's like, it's not even scratched. Yeah. It's like, oh my god, dude, it's literally <laughs> like this like super important relic. He's like, yeah, it's fine. It's like, yeah, yeah, don't worry about it. Yeah, it'll be all right. It's not even a scratch. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great. Um, so so yeah, this is a cool scene, right? I mean, you see this fog, kind of billowing fog. And you see these shapes um, on on horses in this dense mist moving slowly towards them, closer and closer. And Rand realizes that he knew them. Men not all in armor and women. Their clothes and their weapons came from every age, but he knew them all. So that's pretty cool. What is that all about? You know what I mean? He, he knows these people. Um, so you've got, uh, you know, Rogash Eagle Eye was there, uh, Guido Kane, uh, Brigida is there. Uh, it's awesome. They're all kind of, uh, Brigida Silver Bow. Uh huh. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, pretty, pretty freaking awesome. And he, he realizes as he looks at their faces that, um, this person might have been called Michael, uh, instead of Mikkel, but like that is the same person he's known by different names maybe throughout the ages but essentially it's the same person so as if these people have lived multiple lives you know what i mean that's interesting because we heard Mm -hmm. we heard tom Marilyn talking about that in the first book and it's something that matt is kind of wondering you know about so yeah and at their head i mean did did you mention did you say who's leading the the hero right tell him yeah the horn here yeah Arter Hawkwing. Arter Hawkwing. There he is. <laughs> oh, gosh. And we've been hearing about that guy. And you've been asking me questions about him. And I'm just sort of like, oh, yeah, here he is. <laughs> uh, he can't say anything. Here he, and he, but here he is, you know. And he is, he's awesome. He he rolls up here. He's 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 tall. He's got, he's, um, he's got these dark, deep-set eyes with his great sword, Justice, at his side. I love that. Anytime you've got a sword that's named and it's got, like, a super sick name, uh, that's pretty cool. So Otter Hawkwing is there. Matt uh, gaped at them, right? Um, and, he, and actually, the funny thing Matt says is this: "Is this all of you? Is this it?" <laughs> I'm like, wait, what? Uh, and you, you don't realize that, you know. Um, and it says, you know, that there were little more than a hundred Ransaw, and realized that somehow he had known that they would be. And that's a connection for another. Well, I could probably talk about that connection now. Um, why a hundred? Why just a little more than a hundred? Why Rand knows about them, but we'll save it um, for a different time. Huron's mouth hung open, his eyes bulged, you know, almost out of his head. I mean, Huron's sitting there going, like, this is just nuts. I mean, oh, yeah. <laughs> he's been, yeah, this whole time he's been goggling at like Lord Rand, and, and you, you've seen Rand is, I'm just a shepherd, right? But Huron's like, I see more. And then he's this guy who is almost like us, right? Um, he's sort of watching. Matt Perrin and Rand and is just mesmerized by like, what kind of epic quest am I on? Who are these people? You know, do you think it's, do you think it's going to be like in the, in the show, like the moment in Avengers Endgame when like they all come back, right? Like, like that, like that, that final moment or like right before they face that, like, do you think that's how they're going to do it? Like they walk through portals of like, you know, spinning fire and stuff like that. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think that's a good question. Like, how do you execute it? Are you going to just have slowly like this fog emerge and then they come riding through slowly on horses, walking towards Rand? I mean, yeah. What like, like that, or do you make it more of like, they step through a veil? Is there some type of veil that they almost like, yeah, like, like they're, they're coming into this world. So yeah, that would be, that would be interesting. Um, 
we learned a little bit about what it takes to be kind of a, a hero of the horn. Arthur Hawkwing says it takes more than bravery to bind a man to the horn. Um, so he's talking about talking about that because it's a response to Matt saying, "Is is this all of you?" Um, and then you know, uh, uh, Brigida. I, I say Brigida. I don't know if it's how, how is it Brigitte? That's how, that's how he says it. That yeah. I mean, it, just reading it to me, it looks like Brigitte or Brigitte, but. The in the audiobook he says Bergetta. Yeah, yeah. So we, you know, people can correct us on that. I, 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 I've heard it. I've actually heard him even change it in the audiobook. But uh, anyway, so she also says, you know, or or women. Um, and then Hawkwing agrees, or women, right? Only a few are bound to the wheel, spun out again and again to work the will of the wheel in the pattern of the ages. You could, um, you could tell him, Luce Theron. Could you but remember when you wore flesh? He looked at Rand. So he's he's trying to explain. They're answering Matt's question. And Hawkwing is, is saying to Rand, you know, you could tell Matt, Luce Theron. He's referring to Rand as Luce Theron. Right. You know, which Balzaman always does. Right. You know, could you but remember when you wore flesh? Rand shook his head, but he would not waste time with denials. Um, invaders have come, men who call themselves Shanchen, uh, who use chained Aes Sedai in battle. They must be driven back into the sea. Um, and there is a girl, Egwene Alvir, a novice from the White Tower. The Shanchen have her prisoner. You must help me free her. Uh, to his... Yeah, an art- <laughs> Arthur Hawkwing, yeah, Arthur Hawkwing is like, there's always a girl. <laughs> right, they're <laughs> always like, with you. Everybody. Yeah, Right, exactly. There's always, yeah, somebody, yeah. So he says, my name is Rand, and he calls him Luce Theron again, right? He's saying that Luce Theron always has some girl who's in trouble. Um, my name is Rand Althor. Um, you have to hurry. There isn't much time. Time, Brigitte said. She smiled. Uh, we have all. Uh, we have all of time. Oh, gosh. Guido Kane drops in right uh, uh, there as well. Um, Hawkwing, he pulls out his sword justice, right? Which is awesome. And then he says this, I have fought by your side times, uh, beyond number. Loose Theron. I have fought by your side times beyond number, Loose Theron, and faced you as many more. Now that's a line that, um, people kind of aren't really sure about, you know, and faced you many more. We could talk about that later on just as to, has he actually faced Loose Theron? What does that mean? Um, the will spins us out for its purpose, not ours, but we're spent that they're basically uh, spun out to serve the pattern. Uh, I know you if you do not know yourself. We will drive these invaders out for you. So he then, uh, yeah, uh, he's looking around. Um, oh, yeah, he's looking at he's, yeah, So they, they talk about the banner, right? And earlier, Rand had hid that banner to make sure Varen hadn't got yes. it back in back in Falma, right? Um. Yes, so Rand tore open the straps of his saddlebag, um, you know, and he pulls out the freaking banner. Mm-hmm. Nuts. And so that's just like, and again, you got to be, again, if you're looking at Huron going, he's got to be sitting there going, I mean, he's got to be shaking his head, just mouth wide oh, open. Oh, yeah, like, just like, yeah. Just like, wait, I've been with this head, guy like, for months now. What in the world? Um, the pattern weaves itself around our necks like halters, Arthur Hawkwing said. You are here. The banner is here. Here. Uh, the weave of this moment is set. We have come to the horn, but we must follow the banner and the dragon. Huron made a faint sound as if his throat had seized. <laughs> you know, 
burn me. It's true. Burn me. Matt says, right. Um, whew. so, so then, yeah, um, they, they get it all kind of put up there and they're going to follow the banner in, into, into battle. Give it to me, Rand. Um, if they need it, give it to me. Hastily, Rand helped him uh, tie the banner to the pole. When Perrin had remounted, pole in hand, a current of air seemed to ripple the pale length of his banner. Uh, so the serpentine dragon appeared to move alive. So here we go. We've got, um, they're basically saying, get that banner out. The only way this is going to work is we're going to follow the dragon. And you got to have the, the dragon banner there. So um, he tells, you know, uh, Rand tells Huron, you stay here when it's over. Uh, you will be safe here. Huron drew his sword, holding it as if it might actually be uh, some use from horseback, begging your pardon, Lord Rand, but I think not. Uh, I don't understand the tenth part of what I've heard or what I'm seeing. His voice dropped to a mutter before picking up again. But I've come this far, and I think I'll go the rest of the way. And I'm just like, let's go. You know, you're here, and you're like, I don't get it. I don't know what's happening, but I'm in. You know, the, don't count me out. I whatever is happening is magical, and and as Otter Hawkwing said, this moment is set. The wheel has this this weave has been woven, and here we are. So he's a part of this. It's almost as if you can hear Moraine saying, "It's a part of the pattern," you know. So he's there. Um, but uh, yeah, so here we go. Um, and then Hawkwing. Yeah, I mean, this is where you, you get kind of uh, Matt sounding that horn again, that long high note, and basically that's what. You know, it's it's awesome. You get, get that blowing of the horn. They march off into battle, and they get after the Shanchan. They get they they beat him. You know. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Right. I mean, it's, yeah. They, you know. they soundly beat him. Yeah. But so, but um, as that's happening, though, right? As uh, I mean, essentially, yeah. Here comes Balzaman. Yep. Yep. Exactly. And can I and can I just say something really quick? Mm-hmm. You know, I I, I I sent I sent you a message because we go into another Rand versus Balzamon kind of um fight here. And I and I, I just sent you a message like, you know, Balzamon talks a lot of BS. Okay. Yeah, he does. I mean, yeah. This dude keeps saying, Oh, I've beaten you before and I've beat it's like then how then how why aren't you in control? Okay, buddy. Yeah. Like I'm really starting to feel like your threats are just a little idle. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. 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 I mean, like I'm really starting to be like, Okay, here we go again. All right. You know, I mean, like Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Is it it's like you keep saying all this stuff, let's go. Let's let's let let's it let's have at it here. I mean that's you know essentially, and now he's he's basically declared himself. I mean he's parents riding forward with the dragon banner. Rand is being called loose Theron, and they're saying that they'll follow the dragon. So they do. Parent and Rand ride forward, and as you say, um, as they're riding, Rand seems to be like all of a sudden what he sees and what like, he sees the battle going on, and then he sees Balsamon showing up. You know, suddenly he was right before him in a mist, throwing up his wide mm-hmm. arms, and this is, yeah, it's 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 wild. But I mean, it's it's like this is that moment. Remember how we want, like Pot on Fane's part of his job is to get Rand to this point. Um, it's it's almost like this is a part of the plan, maybe. Like like also, not only is it a part of the pattern, but maybe the Dark One uh, or Balsamon wants this to happen. You know. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's uh, 
Yeah, and and Rand kind of re- yeah, and Rand Rand realizes right as this battle's going on that they're like linked, right? Like as he moves forward, so do the heroes. Mm-hmm. But as if he like takes a step back, then like the Sean Chan will like you know they 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 move forward essentially. Yeah. So he realizes that you know both these things are linked. I've got to win. Yeah, I have to. This is yeah. a, this is this is a fight. Like to save Egwene, to save those other pieces. You know, um, I forgot to mention this, but when he thinks about Egwene earlier he realizes that those are pieces to his life that he cannot lose and they're so important he doesn't know like how or why but like his friends matt perrin these other people who are around him Egwene, nynaeve like they're they're central to whatever is going on and their safety is important to him and that's again what he says to hawkwing is that they they must live for any good to happen and for the light to win, they must live now in this moment. He just somehow knows that. And so it's not even just that, like, his friends' lives are at stake. The heroes are down there fighting, uh, Matt and Perrin and Huron. Um, but if they lose, I mean, Egwene is lost. You know, in his mind, he's kind of he's thinking that. So as you say, yeah, like when he makes his advance, when he presses Balsamon, then it seems like the heroes are doing better or winning. They, they're, they're connected, as you say, linked. So, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, so let's see here. Um, yeah, Rand went forward to meet him, as you say. Um, yeah, oh, oh, yeah. And so Balsamon is, it, it, it is all in what he says. What he says is BS, as you say. It's like he's lying. He's, he's, he's lying. He's the father of lies. Um, he's trying to tell Rand that basically whether you serve me now um, or in death, either way, you're going to serve me, you know? Um, and Rand's just not having any of that. Um, he's still being called loose there and again by Balsamon, but um, uh, so um, yeah, okay. Uh, he calls him a liar, father of lies. After he's been called loose there, and he says, "Fool, did did those other fools you summoned not tell you who you are?" The fires of Balsamon's face roared with laughter. Even floating in emptiness, Rand felt a chill. Would they have lied? I don't want to be the dragon reborn. He firmed his grip on his sword parting the silk, but Balsamon beat every cut aside. Sparks flew as from a blacksmith's forge in a hammer. So, by the way, he also has that, like, flaming sword now that is, that is like, he's, he's definitely using the power and he's not using a real sword to fight up there. Um, and it is Heron marked, too, which is kind of cool. It's something that Rand manifests, makes, makes for mm-hmm. himself. Um, so, so, yeah, he says, you know, I have business in Falma and none with you. Never with you, Rand said, and he's thinking to himself, I have to hold his attention until they can free Egwene. Um, and there's this battle of words. You know, you have sounded the horn of Valir. You are linked to it now. Um, do you think the worms of the White Tower will ever release you now? They will put, you in, they will put chains around your neck so heavy that, you will, that you'll never be able to cut free. And that's, he's been saying that for a long time. He's been talking about false yeah. dragons and how the White Tower is going to control him. Um, you can't trust these eyes today. He's also hearing that from Tom, uh, Tom Marilyn. He heard that for a long time from him. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, back and forth, you know, again, um, the moon on the water, the, 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 the um, humming mer- hummingbird kisses the honey rose, all of these things, right? He's, all these different sword forms that they're, that they're working through. Um, yeah, they're fighting desperately here. And then uh, here we go. Here we go. Okay. So, will you remain a slug beneath a rock? This is Balsamon kind of taunting him. The darkness behind him boiled and stirred. You kill yourself while we stand here. The power rages in you. It burns you. It kills you. 
I alone in all the world can teach you how to control it. Remember, like uh, the the Ice and I, the, the f- female channelers, they they can't uh, they can't guide Rand in this. Varen kind of alludes to that earlier with the portal stones. Serve mm-hmm. me and live. Serve me or die. Um, never. <laughs> so he, he kind of lashes out there. He launched himself towards Balsamon again, um, and then he again more more and more fighting. He's he's also then as you say watching that battle with the Shanchen. Um, let's see, where's the actual killing boat below? Do you have that? Uh, Rand wanted to howl aloud. Suddenly he knew that the two battles were linked, as you say. They will not save you. Um, those who might save you will be carried far across the Arith Ocean. If you ever see them again, they will be collared slaves, and they will destroy you for their new masters. Now, there you go. There you go. You remember that Leandrin, right, wanted her whole goal was to get these channelers she's she's black aja I, i'll go ahead and say it on the podcast she's black aja well she is we we find that out uh here yeah shortly i mean so yeah so you know they like the whole thing though when she remember when she brought Egwene from the tower and she brings her in the, and she's betrayed and they call her Egwene. why what was the purpose in that and Balsamon just told us that they were going to take them back across the ocean or they're going to be taken away um, and that essentially those who could save Rand, this is what he says, this is what Balsamon is saying. Those that could save him will be taken away from him. And so that's a part of his plan. We start to see what maybe he's working on here. And that once they're controlled, Egwene says this, they made her do things, Nynaeve, and I couldn't, I, I couldn't do anything about it. Like I had to do whatever they, they made me do, even if I, I, I resisted with every... Uh, you know, morsel of my being, I still had to do it. And so he's saying to Rand, that's, that's, that's my plan. I'm going to use Egwene against you. Uh, you know, she, those, those Aes Sedai would have been the ones that maybe could have saved you, but they're mine now. And it also is interesting too, right? That they're fighting here. And then how does Balsamon mm-hmm. not know that Nynaeve, you know, it just, it shows you that, that he's maybe not as all knowing as no, we, I don't think he is. I, I think he talks a lot of BS. Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> So well, he just said, he's like, I thought I thought you like thousands of times. It's like, then why aren't you in control? Mm-hmm. I mean, come on now. Right, right. I know, man. I know. So um, he's telling him to serve me, you know, resist. I will destroy you. So on again, all that talk, um, you know, and, and there's this there's this thought. I have won again. Loose Theron. The thought was beyond the void. Um, yeah, he shifted his sword. So for the, for the first time, Rand realized that Balsamon acted um, if the Heron Mark blade he acted as if the Heron Mark blade would actually harm him. So he starts mm-hmm. to notice during the fight that, that Balsamon can be hurt and that, that it seems like the, that the blade that he has formed can do that. Um, you know, he's thinking, is a thought here, steel can't hurt the Dark One, but Balsamon watched the sword warily. Rand was one with the sword. He could feel every particle of it. And so he's realizing, okay, okay, he hears then Land's voice. There will come a time when you want something more than you want life. Inktar's voice. Um, it is every man's right to choose when to sheathe the sword. The picture formed of Egwene, collared, living her life as a Damani. Threads of my life in danger. Egwene. If Hawkwing gets to Falma, he can save her. Before he knew it, he had taken the first position of 
Heron waiting in the rushes, balanced on one foot, sword raised, open and defenseless. Death is lighter than a feather, duty heavier than a mountain. Uh, Balsamon, you know, stared at him. Why are you grinning like an idiot fool? Do you not know I can destroy you? And this is where he decides to sheath the sword. And so he allows Balsamon to strike. He gets this wound, which men will tend and mm-hmm. they're tending later we'll on. That, yeah. yeah, he lets Balsamon strike him. And then he just, I mean, literally lays into him with his power rot sword. And essentially, um, yeah, uh, he struck with the, with his staff, with a spear, ran, screamed as he felt it pierced his side, burning like a white hot poker. The void trembled, but he held on with the last of his strength and drove the Heronmark blade into Balsamon's heart. Balsamon screamed and the dark behind him screamed. The world exploded in fire. And yeah, yeah I mean, so, you know, like, like the rest of this is, is um, essentially we learn that they were you could see this battle take place in the sky. Uh, right. The battle over Falma. It seemed as if like if mm-hmm. you were back in the city or you were on the countryside, this fight was taking, you know, Rand kept saying, referring that he was looking down. Uh, essentially, you know, on on the heroes of the horn, battling with the Shanchen, and it's just an epic fight. It's 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 mm-hmm. absolutely epic, and um, I, I I think I'm with you, man. I don't know that Balsamon knows what he's talking about. I think he's talking. Yeah, a, that's a big what I'm game. starting to say because just like everything, yeah, we uh, we've yet to, I've yet to see, really see him do, you know, anything anything spectacular. So right. that's just kind of how I'm feeling about that. So, um, yeah, man, epic fight. So okay, so after that, right? So chapters 48, 49, and 50. Um, it's really just kind of the aftermath of of yeah. of all of this stuff. Uh, Forty eight is pretty heavy. Um, actually, it's like a, uh, it's kind of kind of heavy here. A men heavy actually. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Right, like you know, uh, men's kind of wandering around the city, trying to like she's searching for you know Elaine, Egwene, and Ineve. Um, you know, and she's seeing some of this uh, stuff of the battle uh, continue. Right, she sees like Brigitte Silverbow. Um, she sees Arthur Hawkwing. She's like, you know, I did, I did see him, right? Uh, and so, um, she then finds Rand. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And then she's gonna, she's gonna take care of him. Yeah. So, unable to find her, fa- her friends, there's just chaos. Um, and then she's checking that injury. I mean, it's a really bad injury, right? She's lifting up his shirt, seeing mm-hmm. that he's wounded in his side. Um, it's almost like this burned, cauterized, fleshy wound. It's, it's like, it, it's, uh, it's weird, but it also feels like ice. It's also cold. And in a lot of ways, it's, it's 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 not a normal wound, you know. Um, and we know that that was based, that was the strike that that Balsamon put on on Rand um, that he made on him. And then so she drags him towards a building, and you know while he is unconscious, she talks aloud to him about her feelings for him. Mm-hmm. She loves him, you know, and uh, I think. Yeah, oftentimes the way that's expressed too is she's just like, "Darn you, you know, darn you, Rand, you know, for, for, for rapping." Right. She this. talks about how like he he's not at all like the kind of guy that she would like. Like she likes older men, you know, and and all of this other stuff. And th- but then you know she talks about how well you know like if Egwene is going to cast you aside and stuff like that. Well, I mean, what's wrong with me picking up picking it up, right? I mean, which we kind of like was kind of a conversation we'd heard before too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so the, you, you men and Egwene, yeah, they have that talk where where essentially um, uh, 
because you know we up to this point we've we've thought that all Rand was thinking about during the battle was saving Egwene, but he, he refers right. to her as this piece of his life, like uh, something important, a friend. You know, whether they're promised to, to to be together, and they he did see multiple lives in in the portal stone that showed them being married and and being together and having children and things like that. Um, she's important to him, but men loves him, and men actually get, there's a part in uh, in this chapter where they kind of confront one another. And she says, you know, kind of like what you said to Elaine, you tossed him aside for the White Tower. Why, why, why do you care if I pick him up? Because um, she's kind of saying he's not safe. He's not safe. We, we, mm-hmm. You know, he can't be married. You, 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 can, you can never have a life with him um, because of who or, or, or what he is. And men doesn't see it that way. So, yeah, she loves him. Yeah. Um, but now, yeah. but now here, here's something interesting. I want to see what you thought about this. So after this, Egwene, she's silent for a bit. Then she leaves. She's going to find Nynaeve. And Min continues to talk to Rand there. Guess who shows up right here at yeah. the end? This this is not over. Uh, Lanfear, one of the Forsaken. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Oh my gosh, she shows up. Um, yeah, she she and says that and says that she belongs to him. That's right, or he belongs to her. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, and, and so you know, basically, kind of laughs at Min essentially and says that you know you can tend him and take care of him for a time that she's essentially a placeholder and, and that that's okay. Um, but that, uh, yeah, that, that she, she, well, and, and Mendes keeps hearing her, you know, talk to Rand as loose Theron. And so other people are now hearing this dragon band. It's all coming together that he's, that, that loose Theron is who they're referring to him as. I mean, the prologue in the, in the first book is now making sense and the prophecies of the dragon being reborn. That's what this whole thing is about. Um, yeah, she, she basically, she's okay with men kind of doing her own thing and, and keeping him for a, t- for a time, but ultimately she lets men know he's mine. He belongs to me. We belong to each other and we're meant to be together, right? Um, mm-hmm. so, so then, you know, she's basically... You tend him for now, and she goes about her business and does her own thing. Now, let me ask you a question. I, and I'm just I'm being, you know, answer however you want. It doesn't matter. I know you haven't read uh, far enough to know any of the future events. But why do you think Lanfear does that? Why do you think? Why don't you think she? I mean, she's a member of the of the Forsaken, you know, and and she just, and she just kind of shows up and says her piece, and that's it, and like doesn't doesn't like, attack doesn't or do take, anything yeah, or yeah, try to right see right. Yeah, I mean, again, well, I don't know. It seems like all these. It seems like these Forsaken, right, and Balzamon are all like they're just waiting for something else to happen, right? Like, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Like, because it just seems like like why wouldn't she just take him right there? You know what? What I mean, Min, yeah, Min's I don't not know. Stop her, you know? Yeah, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, it just it seems I don't know. Maybe the time isn't right. Balzamon just lost. Mm-hmm, okay. Um. So maybe and you know I mean the heroes of the horn are like right there. So maybe not really the best time to try and do something. But. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, that's good. See, there's no, I mean, there's no right or wrong answer. It's just, it's just thoughts, you know, as you get towards the end of something, it's sort of like, well, why do you think that happened? And then your, no, your answer is great. I mean, you think back to like, what is going on with, we've heard about the Forsaken. Is there something else that we're waiting on? Is, is the time not right? It seems that timing is important. We just heard from Arter Hawkwing that this weave was set, that this moment in time was meant to be and that, um, you know, it was supposed to happen. So yeah. Yeah, I just I, I remember when I first read it, I was just like, what? Why? What? 
she's just cool. there's something up with Lanfear. You know, I'm like, why would she just let him chill there and not take him? You know? So maybe we can ask mm-hmm. ask folks in the group uh, over on Patreon or wherever else, you know, if they're thinking the same thing or or if there's if there's a you know, if there's more clues earlier on in the book that tell us maybe why she would behave this way. So um, okay. Yeah, that's pretty much uh, to end that chapter. You bounce over to Amadicia where uh, Child Barros is, is going in to relay uh, to Pedro Nile what the, the death of Lord Captain Bornhold and tell him about what happened in Falma. Um, and, you know, that, that whole it's just a quick little this is what happened, letting the Lord Commander know that all these white cloaks were killed out there, essentially. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then yeah, then forty nine, and then forty nine and, and fifty, um, both of these chapters, fifty is actually really short. Are really, it's just kind of the aftermath, right? So Rand and Moraine kind of has a conversation where she tells him that uh, another seal has been broken, uh-huh. right? Yep. Uh, right, you know that 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 shows him two broken seals, right? Um, and there's only four left to find. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I know. So she she. Um... Moraine shows up here at the end. Um, what? Where was she? What was she doing? What's going on with her? Is is another uh, question I could ask you, right? Like, why? Mm-hmm. Why wasn't she here? It's weird. We, you know, we get Va- right. Va- Varen's yeah. been there. They ta- yeah, yeah. They talk about put on Fane a little bit, right? And that, um, you know, put on Fane is something other than just a dark friend. He's not your normal. He's not your average dark friend. All right. Yeah, and we'll talk about that. We have a, a pigeon actually here at the end of this uh, episode. Mm-hmm. Um, we were going to talk about where someone mentions uh, the connection, and we can talk about it. Actually, maybe we should pull it up in the chapter and read it exactly. But um, Rand, you know, um, Moraine also heals him to to the best of her ability. Right, tries to heal that wound in his side, but there's something right. wrong with it. There's something that she you know she cannot fully um heal him but but it's it's good enough it's patched up i guess it's a patched up job well so. that's what she said to matt so we'll see what happens with that right yeah right i mean yeah so, <laughs> yeah, yeah moraine I, the healing skills are not uh, come on now we you know uh it's dangerous out here so uh but yeah she finds in lord uh turok's dwelling that's where she finds that broken seal which um we talked about uh, a few weeks back, or a few episodes back, Bill Doman collecting things that he had no idea that he had, Heartstone and stuff like that, and these these seals, um, which Tuark gets, um, and then it's, then it's broken. Yeah, so that there's four left to find now. So, uh, um, um, yeah, Mor- Moraine and men help him down. Um, they help him, and, and he and, and Loyal and Perrin and Lan uh, and the Shannarans, right, they are... They see the the dragon banner. They kind of ask what's going on, and it's it's too late for him to hide. He cannot hide that dragon banner anymore. Huron saw it. Um, lots of people saw it. The the story is spreading that he is the dragon reborn. And Matt, what have we learned in these first two books about people who claim to be the dragon reborn? Hey man, they get uh, not not silenced, but what's well the, gentle? What's the yeah. Gentle, there it is. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Aes Sedai are gonna they, they come after him, right? That's what happened to Logan. They went down there, they got him. You know, he's when he sees Rand, he's laughing, and then they take him. Uh, we, we saw uh, him at the tower for just a little bit, and he's been this power is he's been severed, been cut off from from the power. Is the ability to channel is gone, and so but now he's with Moraine, 
And again, Moraine and Varen were there when they were talking to the Omerlin about he, they believed he was the dragon reborn, not a false dragon, not just, you know, what, but the dragon. So if you believe that, then they want to guide him in, in these different ways so that he'll fulfill the prophecies so that he can be there for the last battle. Moraine often says, you know, if he gets killed along the way, he's no good to us in the last battle. We lose. We need him there at the, at the end is kind of what she keeps saying. Um, but she said, she tells him it's, it's too late to hide now that you are, the dragon, and it's been proclaimed. People saw it above Falma. Um, the story spreads across the world, right? Uh, that's sort of the chapter fifty. Uh, is that right? Is, is that is that if people are talking about it? Um, this, you know, one person said it happened this way. One other person said it happened this way, but they all agreed on like one thing, right? Like the dragon banner. Yeah, yeah, that it was there, and yeah, that he rides again. That the horn had been sounded and things. So um, it's interesting too. The Shinarans uh, who are there. They all pledge themselves. They are, uh, I mean, they fight against the shadow, so they know about the war against the shadow. They fight Trollocs and Murdral all the time. So to them, you know, this is, they're, this is a good thing. And they've seen the power. Huron's talked about it. They, they've uh, been around Rand and kind of understand there's something special about him. The fact that they're chasing down the Horn of Valyr, it all seems to kind of like add up in their minds. Like, if you were in a different country and you heard about this, you might go, oh, this sounds kind of crazy. But if you're these guys, you've been there through most of this and you're like, yeah, it's making sense. Huron sees it. Uh, Inktar saw it. I mean, he, he sees that Rand is, is this, um, they call him Lord Rand and there's no, re- uh, why? You know, it, it, it's the way he carries himself and stuff. So, um, but man, yeah, so that's, that is that, yeah, that they saw the the banner of the dragon reborn. Man. Um, <laughs> and so it kind of ends with this. And men cried out to the creator saying, O light of the heavens, light of the world, let the promised one be born of the mountain according to the prophecies as he was in ages past and will be in ages to come. Let the prince of the morning sing to the land that green things will grow and the valleys give forth lambs. Let the arm of the Lord of the dawn shelter us from the dark and the great sword of justice defend us. Let the dragon ride again on the winds of time. Yeah. <sighs> the end of the second book. Uh, so, so cool. So cool. So how do you feel about, you know, two, two books under your, under your belt? I mean, I, I, hey, dude, it feels good, man. I mean, I'm ready, like, in possibly season one of the show, so... Uh, I just feel like ready for, I mean, I'm already into just a little bit. I just done the prologue and like the first two chapters of the dragon reborn mm-hmm. uh, as the third book. Um, but I do know that we have, uh, you know, 12 books to go. <laughs> so, I mean, we'll, yeah. you know, we'll, we'll see as we, as we go on there, but yeah, I mean, you know, originally I guess to, to my kind of research and stuff, wasn't this originally, I, some people, it, it was almost going to be a trilogy. Yeah, I think so. I th- I've read that. Um, I've heard and I've heard yeah. people say that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I yeah, it's interesting how it's developed and it's it's grown. Um, and I, I don't know, though, I, I've heard that rumored, but because um, I mean, I could almost see it. I mean, like if it like if the whole not that it does, obviously, but if the whole thing were to end in the next book, like, oh, I could see that. Like, like I, I could I could I could see it like just in my mind envisioning. Well, they just. They get to the thing and they have a final battle and that's is that's kind of the end of it. I mean, I could see it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. I know. Um, I, I, I'd have to do more research on that. But I because to me, it's just I think I kind of know what 
is been foreshadowed in the first couple books and so you're like what well, right where, and, how did he how were you going to cover all of it makes me think that when i read the first book i'm thinking yeah he definitely knows where this is going and it's all structured out but maybe as he was writing he was like you know what i want to just keep expanding this i'm going to keep pushing that ending out a little bit a, a little bit further so you know sometimes like authors well, they'll, they'll write, although it's a series, it might be like, well, here's a trilogy followed by a trilogy followed by a trilogy, but they're all connected in a series, kind of like Star Wars, you know? Um, I think maybe you, you could say that about this, but yet there's this thread that starts um, at the beginning, first book, and, and things that are literally um, said there. I mean, there's such payoff. Everyone who reads The Wheel of Time will tell you that things you read in the first and second book show up in books later on, and you're just like, wow, did he plan? I mean, he obviously... He planned that, and it's just like, so I don't know. I'd have to do a bit, bit more research, but um, it, it's definitely the first three books are are really good, um, you know, uh, they're really good. It's, it's the hook to, the, you know, the whole entire series, so. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So now as we All get right, into, as yeah, we got a pigeon Go here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and so I want to, before we get into this pigeon, I want to talk just a little bit about this part that we kind of brushed over. So. Moraine at the end here is talking about Padon Fane. You know, um, let's see. I did not send Varen. Moraine frowned. She did that on her own. So Matt or Rand is wondering why Varen showed up, and she says, I didn't do that. Varen shows up on her own. You are of interest to a great many people, Rand. Did Fane find you or you him? The sudden change of topic took him by surprise. Fane? No, a fine hero I make. I tried to rescue Egwene and men, uh, and men did before me. Fane said he would hurt Emmons Field if I didn't face him, and I never laid eyes on him. Um, did he go with the Shanchen too? too? Moraine shook her head. I do not know. I wish I did, but it is as well you did not find him, not until you know what he is, at least. And the Rand says, he's a dark friend. Moraine says, more than that, worse than that, Padon Fane was the Dark One's creature to the depths of his soul. But I believe in Shadar Logoth, he fell afoul of Mordith, who was as vile, who was as vile in fighting the shadow as ever the shadow itself was. Mordith tried to consume Fane's soul to have a human body again, but found a soul that had been touched directly by the Dark One. And what resulted, what resulted was neither Padon Fane nor Mordith, but something far more evil, a blend of the two. Fane, let us call him that, is more dangerous than you can believe. You might not have survived such a meeting, and if you had, you might have been worse than turned to the shadow. Now, so that is when you talk about Padon Fane, and I've steered clear of all of this, um, because I didn't want to spoil. That's a big reveal by Moraine. You know, what is his, what is up with him? I mean, he kills a Murdral, right. right? He pins him to a door, uh, mm-hmm. tortures him. He just, like, like Trollocs are, like, like are afraid. Now, when we first come across Pot on Fane, or early on, he's just a peddler. Um, he's the Dark One's hound. He's searching for, he's basically racing against Moraine to find the Dragon Reborn, or to find these in- individuals that the Dark One wants him to find. When they go into Shadar Logoth, Remember that Murdral and Trollocs and Shadowspawn would not enter there. 
Um, it was a place that there was a different type of evil that showed up there and it consumed those people. Um, and so, and it was, you know, when the sh when shadow spawn fear going in, it's worse than, than their own masters. You know what I mean? Like what? They had to be driven in there. So in Mortith, who we ran into, this whole thing has been about a, uh, not just a horn, but a dagger that, that Matt took and he was somehow connected. Some like the spirit there, uh, was kind of consuming Matt and he needs to be separated from that dagger. Now we have it. And so we've got to figure out what to do with it, you know? Um, but Mordith is, yeah, so he's different, right? He's, he's, he's something that would fight against the shadow and was maybe even worse than the shadow. And now it seems that he uh, uh, latched on to Padon Fane. And so she says, you know, Fane, we, we can call him Padon Fane, but that's not who he is anymore. He's something far worse. And if you encountered him, you might not have survived. Like, wait a second. I, Rand just encountered Balsamon, right? I mean, he just encountered well, like he might, well, he might be something beyond Balsamon. He might be. I don't know. So, so I think that's interesting, and that kind of leads us into our our pigeon here, which um, comes from Whitney Robinson. Who, um, Lady Whitney, thank you so much for sending this in. In one of our earlier episodes, I asked the question about Mashadar, and I was kind of saying, you know, what what is it? You know, we were we were, we were throwing that that question out there, and a lot of times I throw out hypothetical. I or I do when well, I I throw out questions just to kind of stimulate conversation or to, or to um, have Matt think about something and make a prediction or, you know, a guess on uh, what do you think at this point? That's that's the beauty of this. I think this podcast is you're capturing sort of those raw you know, reactions thoughts. yeah, as, as you move through. So um, she says this, though, first and foremost, thank you for the hard work on putting together this podcast. Um, I've been looking for a Wheel of Time podcast for ages, uh, but couldn't find one that I liked until Ezra mentioned this one on the latest episode of Swish and Flick. Uh, I'm only on episode seven and just finished the episode about Shadar Logoth and wanted to address some questions that have probably been answered already in episodes uh, that I haven't gotten to yet. And I did mention this once with Lady Heather, but I think it's this is the perfect time to bring this up because Moraine confirms for us here that there's something more to Mordith and Padon Fane. Uh, one, it sounded like you had some questions regarding Mashadar and what it was. Um, it is my understanding that Mashadar is the physical manifestation of Shadar Logoth's evil. Basically, Arad Hall became so evil in a different way than the Dark One that the whole city was corrupted and rotted from the inside out. After the population had disappeared, all that was left was the fog, Mashadar, uh, and Mordith. This could also be totally wrong. Uh, no, I think she's on. I think she's right. She said she didn't have the books right with her when she was writing this, but... Yeah, I, I agree um, that that is sort of that it's 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 that physical manifestation of that evil. Of it's it's evil. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's represented there. So that's what had crept in there and had latched on um, Two messages are sent by pigeon. And we just figured that out a couple episodes ago because I was reading ahead. And and so thank you so much, because this now is our our pigeon section, uh, not not ravens, uh, but pigeons. Maureen will send them. Um, in a wheel of time. So yeah, we send pigeons and, uh, and that can be the, the name for that section of the podcast. So thank you for that. Um, keep up the great work and, uh, yeah, thanks so much. Lady Whitney of house Robinson. So perfect. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. But, but yeah, it, it is one of those things I think we gotta, we, you know, we gotta pay attention to now. We gotta think about uh, pot on Fane in a different way. He's not just a peddler. Um, 
you know, gosh, you go, really, it, we can examine him in a different episode or maybe even in like a YouTube video, but you can go back to his imprisonment and really look at those chapters and hone in on some of those things that he's saying, what's being written on the wall and the transformation that is happening in Pot on Fane. Something is happening to him in those cells and he is different when he leaves um, Faldara. Like he's, he's just, you know, he's worse. So yeah, but yeah, thanks Lady Whitney. Appreciate that. It's awesome. Um, Sir Matt, I guess going into predictions, you know, gift of foretelling, what, I, you're already a little bit ahead. Um, right. I mean, not not very far into the next book, but wow, man, I don't even know where to begin. I mean, we're heading into a new book. I mean, I guess we're going to see. I mean, I don't know. We're in like aftermath of just summoning all the freaking heroes of the horn back. Right. Uh, so, I mean, we got to go find what's next. Right. We know that there's more seals to be broken. So, okay, we're going to be, you know, seeing some more of that. Okay, yeah. Um, I mean, the next book is called The Dragon Reborn, so I think it's going to be a little more known maybe to who Rand Althor is to more people by, like, the end, I guess, of of next book. Um, Rand and Min's relationship, right? Yeah. Uh, getting explored a little bit more. Um, obviously, you know, then Egwene, Nynaeve's training is going to continue. So, I mean, that's mm -hmm. kind of... Yeah. That's that's where we'll that's where we'll go. But you know who I'm I'm excited to see who we haven't seen in quite some time. Yeah, is uh, Lan. We're gonna. I mean, we don't, yeah. Where, where's Lan? Where's Lan been? Okay. Right. I mean, right. like exactly. We're gonna run into him again. I mean, what's Lan been up to? Right. Hey, that's I love that because that's the whole thing is like what happened to Moraine and Lan. They're gone for a bit. Like where were what were they doing? I mean, we we get a chapter about that just a little bit when she faces down the Drakkar, but. You're still like, whoa, what? Where have they I, been? I mean, so it'd be I, nice. I, I, to... I couldn't even tell you the. La I mean, the last chapter we saw Lan in was like, I don't know, probably more. I mean, more than ten chapters ago, right? I mean, oh, yeah. it's been a while. Oh yeah, it's been a long time. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yes, I think yeah, it's, it, you're going to be yeah excited to to get into this next book and and figure out what's been going on with them. And then it's always nice to have him on the on the pages. He's I love I love Lan. He's he's something else. He's good. So. All right, cool. That's great. That is great. Let's, um, oh, uh, to answer the call. So again, we always follow these episodes up with an extended edition over on Patreon. I actually am going to have a few friends on later this week to discuss, again, some of the books and a little bit of some spoiler stuff. So I might do some early release stuff on there for our patrons to give them something. Um, working on the, oh, I've got the shirt design. I just need to get that finished up, sent out to our patrons there. So um, thank you again for all of your support on Patreon. We have discussion threads over there, polls and things like that. I actually, as I said in this episode, I don't care, Sir Matt. I'm I'm making a shirt, you know, um, the light and Shinawa. I'm that is Let's it. Go. It's gonna be. A, I'm gonna wear it around, and I'm gonna on the, on the back. I'm gonna say, if you know, you know. You know, I mean, like this is. Uh, I, I want to see how many people get that reference, and I want those Wheel of Time fans to approach me and say, I got you. I know where you're coming from, and I love it. You know, So anyways, uh, we do fun stuff like that over on Patreon, so you can check that out. And then again, um, anyone who is a listener, and if you're interested, um, go over to the YouTube page, type in Heroes of the Horn. We also have a link in the description where you can go and subscribe to the channel. The more subscribers we get, honestly, it really does help the, the podcast, and it helps um, you know just us in general because we're going to be trying to make a lot more content we're going to do watch parties we're going to do reactions all that kind of stuff over there as we get super hyped for the tv show as as we you know get more information later this summer early fall when i believe we're going to have a trailer so yeah absolutely 
All right, guys. Well, we want to thank you for answering the call. In our next episode, we will be discussing the prologue of The Dragon Reborn. Yeah. Uh, if you like our podcast, don't forget to subscribe, like us, write a review, leave a comment, or send us a message at thehornavalier at gmail.com. We will see you soon. And remember that the grave is no bar to our call. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.